just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Doss McKay. Today's guest is Rachel Hoffman. Rachel is an author and founder of Unfuck Your Habitat. You're better than your mess. So I was trying to figure out a way of describing Rachel's fantastic site and I couldn't find anything better than our own about page which reads, Unfuck Your Habitat. You're better than your mess. It's a housekeeping and organisational system developed for those of us who have described our current living situation as a fucking mess that we're desperate to fix. It's for anybody who's been left behind by traditional, aspirational systems, the ones that ignore single people with full-time jobs, people with kids or without kids and they're living with roommates, and people with mental illnesses or physical limitations, among many others. In reality, that's nearly all of us. Most organisational books are aimed at traditional housemakers. They're DIYers and people who have unimaginable amounts of free time. They assume we all iron our own bedsheets, have linen napkins to match our table runners and can keep plants alive for longer than a week. Basically, they ignore most of us living here in the real world. And let me tell you, Rachel's site is certainly not one of these. Her site is interspersed with lists and challenges. This practical, no-nonsense advice relies on a 2010 system, which I won't spoil it just now. There's no marathon cleaning blitzes allowed, and she helps you develop lifelong habits, which will completely change your life. It motivates you to embrace a new lifestyle in manageable sections, so you can actually start applying the tactics as you progress and getting a grip on your habitat. Well, I don't really need to say much more than that, but this is the most fun I've had talking about cleaning. But first, I want to just say a quick word about affiliates. Now, I've managed to build up some great relationships with some awesome companies. These allow me to obtain special discount codes, deals and listener exclusives. By you purchasing items from these, the companies will pay me a small commission for each sale. You don't pay anything extra, but the money that comes from these I use to develop and maintain this podcast. And it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside for every sale. For all the special deals I have on offer, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. Just now, I'm particularly loving the soft and comfy Under Armour Tees. Delicious protein that I'm buying from the Protein Works, which helps me recover from my jiu-jitsu training and gets me all nice and buff. And Alpha Brain, which is a cognitive enhancer from those great people at onit.com. For more info on all the deals and special listener exclusives I have, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now, let's get to the interview with Rachel. I hope you enjoy this as much as I had recording. So, my first question has always got to be, if we met in a bar or we met anywhere else, some other cliche location, and I asked you what you did and why, you know, why people should know who you are, what would you say? 
Well, I run a, a blog and a website, and I wrote a book about uh, housekeeping for regular people. Um, so basically, as opposed to all of these housekeeping systems that assume everybody has a very perfect life, um, I, I want to talk to the people who have real lives. Uh, so I, I like to tell them how to get their life in order and get their mess in order and and gradually bring their home to something that they really love and someplace that they want to be. And I think you've picked the perfect person to speak to today. It's, <laughs> I've just bought a, like the first flat and it's one of these kind of like it's massive. It's an ensuite bathroom. So now I've got to worry about two bathrooms, keeping it clean. And when I found your site, I was delighted with it, you know, because you actually gave action steps that could be done. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. the kind of, oh, yeah, just change your entire life. You were just like, do this if you only got 20 minutes. Do this if, you've, if you're not feeling well or, you've, you know, you've got mental health issues. You know, you made it relatable for real life people. So was there a, a reason, a turning point that you got into this sort of thing? Or have you just always been organized and you like sort of putting stuff into order for people? <laughs> well, that's that's something that I like to correct right away. I am not a naturally tidy person. I'm not a naturally clean person. I'm not a natural neat freak. Um, I'm somebody who has been fairly messy my whole life. Um, and when I was looking around for resources to try to, to, to change that, you know, I said, okay, I'm an, I'm an adult now. You know, I need to have an adult home and I need to be able to function um, you know, and not be such a slob anymore. And I went looking for resources and every single thing I found made these wild assumptions um, that, you know, either I already knew how to do all of this stuff or that I had unlimited time and unlimited energy and unlimited money to do it. And, and, and you know, all I could think was, that's not how I live my life. You know, that's not how anyone I know lives their life. So, I put my effort into building a resource for people who were like me, people who, for whatever reason, you know, don't, they don't find that they, they can keep things neat and clean easily. Um, so, you know, my whole goal is to, to be able to reach people where they are and say, okay, I'm not assuming you know anything. You know, I'm not assuming that you have experience with this. I'm not assuming that you have all day to sit around and, and just clean. You know, I want to say, all right, if this is your life, you know, you work full time or you go to school or whatever your situation is, there's a way to work with that. Um, so it's a little bit more realistic, I think. Um, you know, and, and when I started doing it, I found so many people would say, oh, my gosh, I've never seen a resource like this that didn't you know, just, just sort of jump in halfway through that you start at the beginning and you say, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. Where do I start? So I, I try to give people that starting point and then also walk them through what comes next and, and what to do when you run into roadblocks and what to do when something goes horribly wrong um, or what to do when you're dealing with other people, because those weren't things that I'd ever found before. Yeah. I mean, it was certainly something given, you know, you kind of see these organization blogs you see these like how to transform your habits posts all the time you know and it's they always assume that you've got your entire day just to sit to cleaning this or organizing this cupboard up. but the year was actually t very time specific very realistic you know what to do if you have kids what to do 
if you've just started out and you have no idea or if you feel like it's there's no point even beginning because it's such a mess and i really related to that you know you actually were talking to us like real humans so where do you see guys i mean my blog's aimed mainly at guys but where do you see the guys that you know maybe are just at college maybe like me just moved into their house for like living by themselves and that sort of thing where do they go wrong when they're setting up a routine and you know like an organization to clean their habitat or not you know is it they don't do enough around the house to help their partners you know how do we do it for single guys for people in relationships do you see common issues oh boy <laughs> you're i think you might regret asking that at some well, point soon I, um, <laughs> I, I like the fact that you were you took it from a feminist point of view and i really like that because a lot of guys need that kick up the arse and realize you know we're not it's not a woman's role that back, right you know, and, I, and i think yeah that's that's sort of the main assumption um that we need to start with is a lot of people and not just men but men and women alike see all of this housekeeping stuff as women's job you know this is what women do around the house and even for you know men who really do a lot around the house too it's always seen as helping or you know if if your partner asks you to do something you go ahead and do that but then you have to step back and say why is it her responsibility to ask me to do something um so i do come at it from a feminist standpoint but i also come at it from you know, this is your home, whether you're male or female or, you know, non-binary, whatever, it's your home. You created the mess. You should be responsible for cleaning it. And, um, you know, so I really want to just eliminate that sort of gender assumption that we have about cleaning and housekeeping, um, that, you know, it's a, it's a woman's job to be responsible for it, whether that's delegating responsibilities or doing all of the work herself. Um, I think men who get out into the world and don't have that sort of baseline of, you know, this is these are the things that you have to do to keep your home nice, you know, they're at a disadvantage because, you know, it's just a part of functional adult life, really. And, you know, by saying, you know, oh, this isn't my responsibility, this isn't my job, you know, you're you're sort of abdicating all responsibility for for your own environment, for where you live. So, you know, I think to, to start, everyone who lives in a space should be responsible for that space, whether that's men or women or kids, you know, there's, there's always something that can be done. So I want to help everyone, including men, to see, you know, it's not, there's not, it's not anybody's specific responsibility except your own. Um, so, one of the things that I come across a lot is, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, men don't see the mess. <laughs> that's one that gets me every time. Men don't see the mess. That's not true. I mean, you see the mess, you know, it's there. Yeah. You just may not care about it or you may not think it's your responsibility to do anything about it. Um, so I want to get everyone to a point where they see the mess and they say, OK, how do I deal with the mess? How do I handle this? Whether, you know, that's getting with your partner and saying, okay, these are, these are the things that need to happen and let's divvy it up, you know, find a way that we're both doing an equitable amount of work. Um, or if you live on your own to just be able to say, okay, I need to build some routines. I need to get some habits um, that 
will allow me to keep my home looking nice without it taking over my entire life. And that's not a gendered thing at all. You know, that's just, you live in the space, you know, you just bought a new flat and, and, you know, moving into a new space is a great opportunity to, you know, be able to start fresh and, and build your routines from scratch and build your habits. And, you know, from, from a, you know, if you're looking at it from a, a men's standpoint, you know, if you live on your own and you're trying to find a partner, you know, I can tell you a woman walks into a disaster of a home and they assume one thing and they walk into to a home that's, you know, reasonably neat and, and clean. And, you know, that's a completely different outlook. So, you know, it's, it's, it's doing you a favor, but it's also doing, you know, everyone in your life a favor too. No, I completely agree because it's like you said, as girls are brought up to be taught that, you know, they look after the home, they look after the kids while the man goes out and does his thing. And, you know, we get this kind of, I don't know, is it like an old age thing of, you know, guys should just be the breadwinner and come home and they just get to sit with their feet up and the the woman looks after that. You know, and it's, it's so old fashioned. But do you see that changing nowadays? Is the old sort of kind of attitudes of the various sexes has that changed as time progressed or are we still living in these kind of sexist ages, do you think? Well, well, what's interesting is that the, the way that, you know, the, the, you know, the old assumption that the man goes out and works and the woman stays home, you know, and takes care of the home and the family. And, you know, just to interject, this is all really like heteronormative here, you know, we're not, we're only taking into account, you know, husband and wife or male and female partnerships. But um, since that, you know, is fairly common, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going on that. But, if you look at how people live their lives now, most women work, you know, it, whether they have kids or not, you'll find that both partners are generally working, you know, whether that's part-time or full-time. So the dynamic of that sort of traditional family unit has changed quite a bit recently, yeah. but our assumptions about how to divide up the the work within a home really haven't. So you have where you used to have, you know, 50 years ago, you'd have the man going out and working and providing, you know, the money and the financial support for the family and the woman staying home and taking care of everything, you know, in that part of their, their universe. Now you have both people working and both people contributing financially to the household. But for so many people, the rest of it hasn't changed, you know, that you have both partners work 40 hours a week and come home and then only one of them is expected to clean up. You know, or only one of them is expected to take care of the kids or only one of them is expected to do all of those little things that contribute to the running of a household. So I'd really love to see us get to a point where, you know, everybody's doing a fair amount of work, both outside of the home and inside of it as well. And I don't think we're there yet. Because right, it's it's quite sad that, you, you know, it's like people label things as like a pink job and a blue job rather than mm-hmm. it's a family job. Or it's like you said, you know, we live somewhere, you clean it. It's, it's I don't know, it's it's sad that in this day and age, you actually have to tell, teach people how to clean or how to organise or how to help out more, you know. So do you think mm-hmm. like things like social media and reality tv does this have a kind of play on how we view our habitats you know have all these like million dollar houses and people always show their highlights has this had a effect on people wanting to improve their habitats and 
you know improve the the way they they live and keep everything clean do you think or oh absolutely absolutely but i think it's kind of a double-edged sword because it, when you're looking at like you know instagram posts or lifestyle blogs or anything like that it's a very carefully curated view of somebody's home and what happens is you see all of these beautiful spaces and they're very clean and they're very well organized and they're beautifully decorated and you see enough of that and you start to think that that's how everybody lives and nobody does, you know, it's, it's, it's not, that's not the common way that people live their lives. So, you know, while you have certainly, you know, social media and all of that has given people so many more resources to be able to make their spaces nice. I think it's also very intimidating because you have this unrealistic expectation of how people live and what your space should look like and what you should be capable of. And, and it's not really feasible for most people. So, you know, one of the things that I love is, is, you know, way back when I first started the blog and, and even now, you know, we do a lot of before and after pictures and those are submitted by, by users. So, Mm. When I post before and after pictures, the most common response is, you know, people say, oh, my God, that looks like my house, you know, because it is it's 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 a mess, you know, (laughs) it's a mess and it's got mismatched furniture and, you know, there's there's, you know, pet toys or kids toys all over the place and there's dirty dishes in the sink and and you start to realize that, okay, I'm not the only one who lives like this and if these people can take that kind of a space and make it clean and nice and pretty without it being, you know, Instagram perfect, then I can achieve that too. And, and I think, you know, so while social media has sort of opened up a lot of doors, it's also, I think made a lot of us feel inadequate (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, You know, you find that a lot with, with certainly with, with appearance and fitness and things like that, but also in the home, because you start to think, okay, everybody's got these beautiful homes, but me, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? When in reality, you know, people have messy lives and they have messy homes and, and I'd much rather see that kind of reality being shown to people than all of these really glossy pictures of beautiful organized spaces with perfect lighting and everything because that's not real you know that's not how people live because you're these kind of pictures i always say to people is you're judging your entire life against their Mm -hmm. highlight a very specific chosen angled lighted highlight that they want to show you know they're not going to show you the the mess that they've left in the kitchen table or the dishes they've just thrown into the sink because they haven't got time before they go out and you know it's like they've had cleaners in before and it it takes you because we're saturated with this sort of stuff on instagram and facebook i think we kind of forget what real life is like and it's definitely like you said is that's why i liked your thing is like you know you've got 20 minutes before you say you have to go for a bus you give some very simple action steps that you can do that are small but will have a major effect on you on your habitat you know it's like you've got what to do at the weekend what to do if you've got a chronic illness you know things that actually Mm. real life people can relate to and it's a fantastic site you've got so how do we start this do we do we go in and do one big blitz and then try to maintain it with the habits or do we build slightly and you know for somebody who's never gone to your site for example and they're thinking mm-hmm. oh, okay this sounds good how, how do they start this well there's it's going to be different for every person you know some people 
really, you know, they, they, they have to have everything clean first before they can feel like they've made any kind of progress. So I try to, the first thing I try to do is to get people to sort of reframe their thinking, you know, to say, okay, progress is good. Improvement is good. It doesn't have to be perfect right away. And it's not going to be. Um, so there's, there's this thing that I call marathon cleaning and marathon cleaning is when you take, you know, an entire weekend or, you know, 15 hours straight or whatever, and you clean your house top to bottom, you know, that's all you do. It takes up all of your time and it's, it's very frustrating (laughs) and it's very, uh, time consuming. And most people get very resentful about it and very angry about it because I mean, nobody wants to spend their entire life cleaning. I never seem to finish. Yeah. and, And you never finish and you're never happy with it. So um, what I, the first thing that I try to explain to people is the concept of a 2010 and what a 2010 is, it's very, very simple is 20 minutes of cleaning followed by a 10 minute break. And what's cool about these is that you can do as many as you need to, but you're taking these scheduled breaks, um, while you're working on cleaning your home. And if you only can do one great, you know, if you want to do six also great. Um, but what's, what's great about that is that you have a defined end point. So it doesn't seem quite as overwhelming as when you look at your entire house and you say, oh God, this has got to all be cleaned, you know, top to bottom, it has to be perfect. Say, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes worth of work and I'm going to see what I can get done in 20 minutes. Um, you know, I, I always tell people to start with whatever is stressing them out the most. So, you know, if you're completely, you know, you, you can't even go into your bedroom because, you know, you've got the floor drobe, you know, everything you own is, is on the floor or on the bed or on a chair. Oh, yeah. You know, if that's what's causing you the most distress, start with that, you know, do 20 minutes, then take a break and say, okay, I think I've got another 20 minutes in me, go back to it and then repeat until you're, you're done or until you've decided you've had enough for that particular time. So, you know, I really encourage people to start small rather than, you know, feeling like you have to start from a perfectly clean, clean slate, because for a lot of people, it's going to take so much to get to that clean slate that you're never going to get there. And you're going to feel like you failed, excuse, excuse me, feel like you failed right from the beginning. So by just accomplishing what you can in a very finite amount of time in that 20 minutes, you know, you're building a habit of just working a little bit at a time. So you know, if you've got a day where you're working 10 hours and you've got a horrible commute and you come home and you've got to get takeout for dinner because you don't have time to cook, if you can only do 20 minutes, then that's that's great. And if that's built into your daily routine, it's not as as overwhelming or as intimidating or as frustrating as, you know, walking in and saying, OK, well, I can't do everything, so I'm just not going to do anything at all. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been sort of punished by that where you go into a room and you look and think i don't even know where to start it looks like everything mm-hmm. is so messy and i i really liked when i saw that 2010 on your site because when i was doing my degree for example i struggled to maintain this and do my podcast and do all the other things i was doing but i found like i think it was like 40 minutes of writing on my essays and then 20 minutes going doing something or having a break really worked for me. So I can see where this really worked. And I've definitely started implementing it more, you know, doing a 20 minute little blitz here or doing something that helps me later on. So what kind of examples do you give to people? You know, you mentioned there they start with what they're struggling with. But are there little challenges that you would set people? You know, I've noticed you've got a fantastic Tumblr, for example. 
what kind of things would you say to people to get them into making this a habit? Well, I, I you know, I'm really, I really think people should be building up small habits over time. So, you know, a lot of what I, what I encourage are things like, don't put it down, put it away, you know, just to, to make you stop and think for, for a split second, you know, you say you come home from, from the store and you've got a couple bags worth of stuff and, you know, you put away the stuff that needs to go in the refrigerator first. And then maybe you just kind of leave the rest on the counter until later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you can sort of interrupt that habit and say, okay, if I take an extra 30 seconds and just put this stuff away now, then the next time I walk out here, it's not going to be still sitting on the counter waiting for me to deal with it. So, you know, don't put it down, put it away is a big one for me. Um, you know, I like to encourage people to use their waiting time. So say you're cooking dinner and you just put something on, you know, put the water on to boil and it's going to be a couple of minutes. So rather than, you know, hopping online or turning on the TV, maybe spend those couple of minutes clearing up some dishes or wiping down the counter or putting a couple of things away. Um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you walk into the bathroom and, you know, maybe you take an extra five seconds and just wipe down the counter or, or you know, put a couple things back in the cabinet. So these little, little habits that, that build up over time just make such a big difference as far as how much work you have to do overall. Mm. So, that, you know, I think when when people are, are a little bit stuck as to, you know, OK, well, what can I do? I don't have much time. You know, you can do really small things. You can just wipe down one countertop or, you know, if you're, you know, your, your bedroom is a mess, you can just clear off the top of your nightstand. It's just one thing. It'll take a couple of minutes, but, you know, take everything, put it all away. And then you've got one clear flat surface and that's great. You know, it's great to have one space because you say, okay, I did that. It didn't take me very long. Um, you know, I do a lot of little challenges and things like that, um, which I put out on the various social media, which is basically like, okay, you're scrolling through Facebook and I know you've been doing this for at least an hour. And <laughs> you know, you're, it's, you just keep refreshing it and waiting for things to come up. So, okay, walk away from Facebook for five minutes and go find, you know, 10 things that aren't where they belong and go put them away and then come back and, and Facebook will still be there. I promise it will. Um, but just to kind of <clears throat> interrupt your regular habits or regular thought processes and to, to sort of introduce a very small amount of taking care of your environment. And then you can go back to what you were doing before. You don't have to spend the rest of the day cleaning. You can just do it for a couple of minutes. Um, so, so getting people used to that is usually the first, the first step and the first little challenge um, that I encourage people to do is just do something really small and then get back to your life. Yeah, I mean, that's what I liked about your challenges. You know, it was just this kind of thing of, well, while you're doing that, you know, like um, I think it was the Sync Zero that I particularly loved. Sync Zero, yes. Uh, it was just... Sync Zero is awesome. It was that moment of you were just like, that is so simple but brilliant. For people who don't know what that is, can you go into a little bit about that? You know, for, for a guy who say has a bowl of cereal at night and puts the dishes in the sink and goes off or how you know or leaves the breakfast or lunch dishes what you know why should we do sink zero what is it and why should those listeners listening obviously why should they care about that sort of thing <laughs> well sink zero is really simple it's just getting to the point where there's nothing in your sink you don't have any dirty dishes um and you know a lot of people choose to do it before they go to bed um, you know, so you wake up in the morning and you've got no yep. dishes to deal with. You know, if I, I say you yep. can do it anytime. It can be before you leave for work. So you do clean up your breakfast dishes and either put them in the dishwasher or wash them and put them in the drying rack. Um, 
And, and the whole concept behind Sync Zero is if you're doing this regularly enough, you're never going to have that overflowing sink full of dishes that's going to take you several hours to deal with. You know, if you're just dealing with one or two dishes at a time or one meal's worth of, of pots and pans and things like that, it's a very reasonable amount of stuff. Um, it doesn't take you that long. And, you know, it, nobody likes doing dishes. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. Nobody likes it. And if they do, I'm suspicious. You know, that's that's <laughs> it's not a normal thing to like to do dishes. But if you're just taking a couple of minutes and dealing with things as they come up and you say, okay, I'm walking out of my kitchen and I have sink zero. I have nothing in my sink. Um, you know, you've just done a little tiny bit of work, but it makes a big difference, you know, because dishes are one of those things that it's just like, oh, you never stop doing them. <laughs> you know? And that's, you know, that's, that's sort of, it's, it's the reality of cleaning. You know, even if you do it once, bad news, you're going to have to do it again. At some point, you know, if you live your life and you use your home and you use the things in it, it's a cycle. You have to keep doing it. So with something like Sync Zero, you know, it's a matter of keeping that amount of time that you have to invest very manageable and very small. So, you know, if you make it a point, okay, every time I leave the kitchen, there's no dishes in the sink. Or, you know, before I go to bed at night, there's no dishes in the sink. Or before I leave for work in the morning, there's no dishes in the sink you're never going to get to the point where there are so many that you're overwhelmed. You know, you're just getting into the habit of doing a little bit at a time. No, I mean, I love that. And it, it's fantastic to come back to an empty sink. You know, there's no, mm -hmm. there's no mess to clean up before you even start cooking your dinner or things like that. And that's why I really liked your site because I would do these big blitzes and think, yep, that's it. I'm going to maintain everything. <laughs> and then the next day I'd be like, Oh, Oh my God. What, yeah. What's happened here? Because I couldn't get into that little habit, and I like that kind of. It's like you were speaking directly to me, you know. It was like, do this little thing here, let, and then you know. And before you know it, is these little jobs flow into each other, and you have such an awesome house now, compared to the mess that you're possibly living in. And I know a lot of guys now, you know, who are maybe settling down later in life, or who maybe not had girlfriends or whatever. You know, we've had mothers who looked after us, and then suddenly <laughs> we're now going into an environment where we go, "Oh God, what do we do with this?" So, right. what, so what do we do if people listening are going, "Yeah, that's great if you've got ten minutes," or you know, how do I even begin with this absolute mess? Or I've got a chronic illness, or you know, they've got mental health issues. How can they begin? Because I really like the adaptability of your stuff. Could you go mm -hmm. into a little bit about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, you know, because people are living with all kinds of circumstances, you know, whether you have a disability or chronic illness or mental illness, um, there's all sorts of things that sort of limit your ability to, to do a lot of work on your home. So I encourage people to figure out what's within your ability and, and what's within your energy level and what's within your, you know, staying sane, <laughs> you know, what you can do and still say sane and, and work with that. So for some people that may mean, you know, you can only do two or three minutes at a time and, and that's fine. But I want people to be able to understand that that two or three minutes is still important. You know, it's not, it, maybe it's not 20 minutes, maybe it's not a full day's worth of work, but it's, it's a little span of time that's in your control that you can make some improvements. Um, you know, there's a lot of, adaptability within the system where you can say, okay, you know, I've got extra time today, so I'll do a little bit more or, 
you know, this week is super crazy, so I don't have as much time to, to devote to it. And, and you can be flexible like that. You can say, okay, I'm only doing five minutes today, or I'm only going to take care of my dishes today, or, you know, okay, I put my clothes in the hamper and, and you know what, that's got to be enough. Um, but to be able to say, okay, that's great. You know, not I'm disappointed I didn't get more or I'm a failure because, you know, I didn't clean everything up, but to say, hey, I did what I could and maybe tomorrow I can do more. Um, but to, to be able to say, okay, at least I'm making the effort within my own abilities, within my own limitations to say, you know, if I can only do this, then that's great. I can do that. Um, and, and I think a lot of people have been very let down by other systems that it require this, this massive investment of time or energy. And that's not their reality. They don't have that to give. So I want to help people to see, okay, take wherever you are and, and start from there. You don't have to change your whole life and you don't have to suddenly not be chronically ill or suddenly not have a disability in order to get a, a clean home. Like, let's look at how we can incorporate all of that into a system that works for you and into something that you can feasibly keep up on a regular basis. And, and I think a lot of people haven't had that before. They've just felt like, okay, I can't do everything. So why bother? I'm a failure. You know, my house is always going to be a disaster. It's never going to get any better. Um, and that's not the case. You know, everybody has the ability to make an improvement, even if it's small, so I, I like for people to celebrate those little small achievements and those little, you know, successes, um, because that's where you start from. No, I mean, you know, I, you're not. I love that. It's it's a, an amazing message to give to people. You know, one minute spent is one minute more than you were possibly going to do. And that could be exactly. the thing that gets you going that maybe potentially could change your life, build it into habit. Um, so, sorry for interrupting there. I just love that <laughs> message. You know, it's, it's. You, I just wish more people read read this book because there's so much value there that there's so much to give out to people. And I just don't get how people are more worried about the title than they are about the message. <laughs> um, there's a lot of worrying about the title. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so you mentioned things like invisible corners. You know. Are these the sort of things that are these small or are these things that could gradually build and build into making an invisible room or an invisible, you know, like surface or how what is an invisible corner and how do we identify them and, you know, fix them? So an invisible corner is any area within your home that tends to accumulate junk. And the reason it's invisible is because when you look around you don't even see it anymore. You know, it's just part of the landscape of your home. So, you know, for some people, it could be a pile of things at the end of a kitchen counter. You know, you've got month-old mail that you haven't dealt with and, and you know, some things that you brought in from the store and you just kind of threw over there. And and it turns into this, this sort of catch-all that you don't even see anymore. And it absolutely can turn into an invisible room or an invisible garage or an inv you know whatever that is an invisible closet you know because you're not dealing with it you're just kind of pushing things to the side and saying okay that's where it lives now you know that's where these things live now and it, the thing about invisible corners is because they've been that way for so long that's how you think they're supposed to be you know it, you just you, your eyes don't even register it when you look around so 
one of the things I like to have people do is to take a picture, you know, take a photograph of whatever area and then really look at it and say, okay, what's, what's off about this? What doesn't fit here? And to say, okay, well, I'm looking at the corner of my bedroom and I have, you know, a couple of, of shipping boxes from things that I ordered online and my carry on from my last trip is still over there. And, you know, there's a, there's a pair of gloves from last winter. I don't even know what those are doing over there. And, and so you look at that and you say, okay, how long has that all been there? And I haven't really noticed it. So once you take that picture, once you notice it, once you say, okay, this is an invisible corner, I'm looking at it right now, then you can, you can attack it. You can say, okay, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to put my carry-on away. I'm going to recycle those boxes. I'm going to put the gloves back in the closet. And, and you've cleared it out. And so suddenly you have this open space that you never had before or that you haven't had in so long. You forgot it was supposed to be open. So by dealing with those little spaces before they have the chance to turn into an entire room, you, you can sort of keep the mess at bay a little bit. You can kind of push it back and say, okay, here's a couple of things that aren't where they belong. So I'm going to deal with that first, and then it doesn't have the chance to spread to everything else. Yeah, I, mean, I was just, while you were saying that, I was having a look around my room just now going, <laughs> I bet there's something I'm missing in here. It's it's quite weird. I was, I was actually describing an actual invisible corner I'm looking at right now, which has a couple of Amazon boxes in my carry-on. So I can tell you what I'm going to do as soon as we're off this call. <laughs> it's, it's strange, isn't it? It's because it's only when you get somebody, it's only attention to it. That you start noticing mm-hmm. these things. It's like you said. It's you start looking, going, "Oh, that's not meant to be like yeah. that." that that's yeah, why. Why that. is that there? <laughs> I was just. Why is that even over there? Why? Why? Why haven't I dealt with this yet? And and the thing about invisible corners too that always makes me sort of laugh is that they usually don't take any time at all to deal with. You know, one twenty ten or less, and they're usually completely eliminated. So you know, we've been letting this stuff sit here for months or weeks or however long. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, it's dealt with. And you're like, why have I been ignoring that for so long? Like, why didn't I deal with it three months ago? Uh, and then you feel amazing for doing it. And that's what I keep saying to people is, is it's hard to get going. But once you're going, you know, it's, you're mm-hmm. fine. It's, so how do we um, teach this to kids or how do we build this into like a family procedure or routine? How do we make it fun and get everybody involved? Because we need to stop this BS of kids growing up going, oh, no, that's woman's work or, you know, right. that's not for me or I'm the breadwinner because we're no into that society anymore. So how do we teach mm-hmm. the young, like young males today that it's it's good to be involved in what you're doing in your habitat and, and fucking your habitat, so to speak? Well, I think, you know, parents especially need to be aware of how they're approaching a lot of this cleaning stuff because, you know, none of us like it. Nobody likes it and it's, and it's aggravating and it's frustrating but when you're you're constantly mad about cleaning and your kids see that, they're going to be mad about cleaning too. You know, if, if you're huffing and puffing and throwing things around and, and, you know, cursing under your breath because the place is such a disaster, then cleaning becomes a very negative thing. And that's the that's the behavior that you're modeling for your kids is, is that cleaning is bad and cleaning is annoying and cleaning is frustrating. And, you know, it's something that you don't want to do and it's a big hassle. So by simply shifting from this is the worst thing ever to this is just something that we do. You know, how many things with kids do we just 
it's just something that you do. You brush your teeth before you go to bed. You wash your hands before dinner. You know, you, you get up and you put your shoes on before you go to school or, you know, whatever it's. And those are all always battles, you know, that <laughs> it's always some kind of a battle. But over time, that becomes just part of what you do. So while it's frustrating when kids are younger to, to do that sort of thing, as they get older, it's just part of the routine rather than, you know, like you said before, when, when you have guys who get out on their own and their moms have done everything for them their whole lives, you know, those parents aren't doing their kids any favors because mm-hmm. they haven't developed any of those skills. They don't have the mindset. They don't have the the motivation or the sense of responsibility about it because somebody else has always done it. And then, you know, you find, okay, well, my mom has always done it. So now my romantic partner will do it too. And that's a terrible leap to make right there. Um, so I think by getting kids involved as young as possible, and there's always age appropriate things that you can do with kids, um, you know, and a big part of it is, is not holding the kids to adult standards too, because, you know, if you talk to a bunch of people who, who have trouble keeping their homes clean, a lot of times you'll find that they have something in their childhood that has helped contribute to that. So for a lot of people, you know, cleaning is a punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you do something wrong, you have to clean the bathroom or, or, you know, on the other side of that, if you don't do something well enough, then you're punished. So I think, especially with kids being able to accept and celebrate, even in an imperfectly done job, you know, to say, okay, that's, that's good. That was an effort. You know, it might not be the result that you want, but in, in, in rewarding and recognizing the effort, you're helping to build that habit and, and the skill will come later. You know, you, you can't have the expectation that a child is going to be as good at doing something as an adult with practices. So I think, just overall flipping the whole idea of cleaning from something very negative to something that's just kind of part of the routine of daily life and, and, you know, showing kids, okay, once they're old enough, this is how you do laundry. You know, how many people get out on their own and have no idea how to wash their clothes? It's crazy. So, you know, whether it's that or, you know, okay, so we, you know, we do our laundry and things come out of the clothes dryer and they get put away you know, if you've got kids in the habit of putting their stuff away once they're clean, when you get into adulthood, it doesn't seem like such a weird thing anymore, you know. So I think there's just a lot of little habits and, and, and being age appropriate and being understanding that, you know, kids aren't going to be as good at stuff as adults are. So, you know, letting go of some of that expectation of perfection in exchange for, OK, they're putting in the effort. So that's great. And we'll just build from there. I mean, that's what I was going to mention was about the punishment. You know, you do something bad, you clean your room, you you know, you're sent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's a torch, not a torture, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that'll teach them. And instead of making it fun and like, you know, like you said, is it's responsibility, make it f- like something that's just normal to them. So how do we build it? Like for a guy listening just now who said, okay, you're right. I have let things go or I need to, <laughs> I need to tidy up or get on top of this. Do we have like a cleaning toolkit? You know, is there affirmations that we should remember little mottos or, you know, do we, is there certain cleaning products that every guy should own? You know, how do we 
get the stuff in to start this uh, this kind of complete change in well i i'm a big i'm a big fan of 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 people understanding that you don't need a lot of stuff to do this you know a lot of people say okay i'm going to get everything cleaned and organized and the first thing they do is go to the store Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you get all these million different cleaning products that each clean exactly one thing. And, you know, that's, that's not necessary. I think, you know, if you've got some trash bags and you have some multi-purpose cleaner, you know, around here, it's, you know, you get the Mr. Clean concentrate, you, you dilute it into a bucket of water and you can use that for everything. You know, you can get it very inexpensively. Um, you know, I clean with vinegar a lot, just regular white vinegar, um, it's very, very cheap and it's very accessible and, you know, I have pets, so I get a little weird about what I use to clean because they get into everything. So I want to make sure that if they do get into it, it's not going to be dangerous for them. Um, so you don't need a lot of specialized stuff. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I need to have a million things in order to do it. You can, you can start with what you have on hand. You know, if you, if you just, if you've got, you know, dish soap or washing up liquid, um, or, you know, something very basic, you can, you can use that, you know, you don't have to go and spend a ton of money and, and, you know, delay your whole starting process because you think you don't have the right stuff. So, you know, people can just jump in where they are. And I think, um, you know, as far as little affirmations and things like that, you can, you know, don't put it down, put it away is a big one. Again, like I said, um, you know, there's a lot of progress instead of perfection. You know, you you don't have to make something perfect. You just have to make it better. Um, the working 20 minutes at a time is a big one. You know, you don't have to invest a ton of time. You don't have to invest a ton of anything. Um, and then when people are really sort of floundering and they don't know where to start and they, and they feel totally overwhelmed, um, I always tell people just start with what smells bad, <laughs> which seems like a really ridiculous thing to say. But if you think about it, that's going to be your garbage. You know, take the trash trash out, and and deal with that first. I mean, and that's gonna... that, that's Sorry. a that's a perfect answer because I, I just the other day I was leaning down picking something up. I was like, "What's that smell?" It's like, "Ah, oh, it's my <laughs> bin." I'd put something in it that was out the fridge, and I forgot about it. And mm-hmm. I, I, when you said that, I had this visualization of like, oh, yeah. Yep. So, so, I mean, starting starting with the stinky stuff is a really good place to start because you figure that's going to cover your it's going to cover your bin. It's going to cover your dishes because dishes definitely can start to smell uh, your dirty laundry. So that's a big thing that has that has the, the potential to be really stinky. So if you start with the smelly stuff, then everything else kind of falls into place after that. So, you know, the first thing if somebody's in this just overwhelming mess and and you know you say okay well she's telling me where to start but uh, it's still too much take a trash bag and walk around and pick up the things that are clearly and obviously garbage which if you're in that kind of a mess I guarantee you have so you know pizza boxes or you know packaging from food wrappers or whatever you know paper towels whatever you've got that's that needs to be thrown away or recycled start with that because once you get that stuff out of the way everything's going to get a little bit easier so we're um for like stressful situations you know like holidays exam periods where people can't give a hundred percent or their minds are focused elsewhere you know how do they keep that going because i love that uh, the idea of 
progress, not perfection. Is it just a case of shorten the work to doing a something else approach? You know, like instead of 2010, do we do 10-5 or... You know, do you adapt it as, like, say, Christmas is coming up or you have family coming? I mean, do what you can. And that's that's sort of the underlying assumption of the whole thing is do what you can. So if you're stretched really thin and you've got a lot going on and it's very, very busy, then if you can only do 10 minutes, that's great. If you can only, you know, just take care of a couple of dishes, then that's great. But the the... The goal is to do enough so that when you're on the other side of whatever that event is, so, you know, after Christmas is done or once your exams are finished or whatever, you know, that big time-consuming thing is, once it's over, you don't want to have set yourself back. You know, you don't want to have come out of that and say, okay, well, I got through that, but now my house looks like a bomb went off in it. <laughs> so just doing enough to sort of maintain a very minimal baseline of cleanliness is is plenty because once you get out of that then you can say okay it's not too too bad you know it's not as as nice as I would like it but it'll be okay you know I I, I still have done enough work so that I'm not completely inundated with things that have to get done um you know but it's also a good balance you know like I always tell people I have a lot of students who follow especially the tumblr because that's their sort of age demographic um so I have students who say, okay, well, you know, I get into exams and, and there's just no time. And, and my thing is, so flip the 2010s, do 20 minutes of studying and 10 minutes of picking up or 45 minutes of studying and 15 minutes of picking up or, you know, however that looks, because you need a break from that too. You know, so you can, instead of making the work time, your cleaning time, make it your, your time away from studying or working on that big work project or whatever, you know, to, to kind of, say, okay, you can still incorporate it. You don't have to be entirely consumed with just one thing. You can still find a balance, even when your life is, is hectic and stressful. No, and that's why I love your message. It's the it's the flexibility, the way that you can modify these things to suit anybody, regardless you know, of your starting point, regardless of illness or um, pain or mental health issues. You know, that you've given us the tools that we can actually work with a realistic not these kind of you know you see these guys magazines where it's oh you need these 600 pound t-shirts and you need these <laughs> 400 pound jackets and to be complete you're actually giving us things that can change lives you know you, your site is fantastic but so why did you go to move on to creating the book you know was there what was the inspiration for it did you think did you see a market for it or did you just think you needed to get that writer's blitz out? Well, kind of a little bit of both. I mean, you know, a, a lot of what the book is, is sort of a, um, a, a compilation of a lot of the things that I've covered over the years, but in one space and one, easy, you know, it's easy to find things and, you know, you don't have, don't have to go digging through archives or whatever. Um, but part of it too, is that, you know, if you walk into the bookstore and you look at the the home organization and cleaning section, it's all very, it's all very much the same, you know, yeah. and there's, there's, again, it's, it's a lot of it is focused just towards women, which frustrates me to no end. Um, and you'll find that in a lot of the branding, things are very pink and very purple and very flowery. And, um, you know, so even, even if you've got guys who really want to make an improvement, there's not a ton of resources <laughs> that 
they feel, you know, welcomed to use. So that was my first kind of thing is to say, okay, I want this to appeal to as many people as I can. Um, you know, and while certainly most of us spend most of our lives online at this point, um, you know, having a book too is, is, it's a little bit more tangible, you know, it's a little bit more in your face and you can, you can take it on your commute. You can take it to the beach and, and, you know, get some ideas and get some inspiration and some motivation when you're not actually in your home. Um, so I, there was a lot of reasons that I wrote the book, but I think trying just to get the message out to as many people as possible in a different format, you know, there's, there's a lot of various ways that people can find resources. So this I think was just another, another way for people who prefer that, that format. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree about, uh, you know, you go into, like, say, Barnes & Noble or um, all these, well, there are many other great <laughs> bookstores, I should say. But, you know, I mean, if you go in and you see the same thing and it's the same kind of older women mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the throws and pillows and stuff, you know, it's difficult for guys to get out of this mentality because we have go in and it's, that's women's magazines that cover it, whereas the guys' mm -hmm. magazines talking about football and drinking and all this. You know, <laughs> right. we didn't have this. And I remember I came in and I thought, okay, I'm gonna make sure my flat is amazing. So I googled it, and when I found your site and it said "unfuck your habitat," I thought, <laughs> what the? F yeah, I was like, right, this is <laughs> this is for me. And it was so it was the awesomeness of it, the the fact that you swore, the fact that you gave real life steps and stuff. But, you know, the, the only negativity I think I've seen about your site was people complained about the title. I've seen a couple of... Oh, yeah. That you had to change the name <laughs> for the app because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it's 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 interesting. Like, the... the so when I first started this, it was, it was obviously, it was very small. Um, I was really only doing it as sort of a... <sighs> I wanted to reach people I knew, you know, it was kind of a, 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 a sort of little tiny thing. And that's just how I talk. You know, I, I there's the whole home cleaning and organization arena is very, very precious most of the time. You know, it's very twee and it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of really specific cutesy language that goes along with it. And that doesn't appeal to me at all. You know, I, I swear like a trucker and, you know, everybody I know does. So, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, everyone says, oh, the, the title and, and, and people sort of clutch their pearls about the title and say, oh, my God, swearing, how dare you? And and to me, that's that's me. That's that's how I communicate. That's how everybody I know communicates. Um, so the, the title was very it was very purposeful. You know, I did it very intentionally because you know, right off the bat, unfuck. Okay, so you've got an F-bomb right here in the title. And so that, I think, speaks a lot about what kind of thing you're getting into. You know, you know, it's not going to be precious. It's not going to be cutesy. It's not going to be, you know, very, very feminine. And, and you know, it's it's a little bit rougher, you know, which is, which is, it's how I am, you know, it's how people I know are. And then, the habitat part too sort of trips people up. You know, everybody says, okay, that's kind of a weird choice to make. But for me, thinking about it, you know, one of the other things that I found that a lot of the other systems had in common was the assumption that you live in a house that you own and you live in that with your nuclear family of, you know, a husband and wife and two kids and a dog. And 
again, that's not everybody's reality. So I wanted to be able to talk to people who, you know, have roommates or flatmates and who maybe live at home with their parents or live in a dormitory at college or, you know, they, they share a home or all sorts of different living environments. So the habitat kind of became like, okay, it's just where you live. Whatever that space looks like, whatever that is, that's what we're dealing with. So you don't have to have a house. You know, I, I look at some of these systems, and they say, okay, well, Tuesday is the day that we clean our living room. Okay, well, if you live in a dormitory, you don't have a living room. You have this one boxy concrete space, and, and that's your habitat. Um, or, you know, it's, it's okay, well, I've only got this one bedroom in my parents' house, and I kind of don't touch anything else. So whatever that looks like, you know, whether you have a house or a room or a flat or, you know, you share your space, however that is, the habitat part of that is very intentional to say, okay, wherever you live, this will deal with that. So the unfuck your habitat altogether, because it's, you know, A, it's catchy. And I, you know, I have fun saying it most of the time when I'm allowed to, um, (laughs) which which isn't often. Um, But I think it, it, it helps people to understand, okay, this is something a little bit different. You know, this isn't every single housekeeping book or blog that you've come across before. This is this is something that's meant to to come at you a little bit differently. So, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are, you know, very, very puritanical about how language is used. But, you know, just like I try to reach people, however, they live their real lives this is the real language. You know, this is how so many of us talk. And, and if, and if it's not appealing to somebody, then there are lots and lots and lots of resources for you. You know, if you are appalled by the F bomb, then you can go many other places to find help with cleaning your home. But this one is for people who aren't put off by that. So, you know, there's always going to be people complaining about the language, but I try not to let it bother me too, too much. I think it's just people in the real world, you know, because we get to this point where, like that's the way so many people talk like if i went to my mates and said oh you know i'm needing to sort my my house what throw would you recommend they would <laughs> i would get so many nicknames is that you know what I mean? but, but right. if i if i walked up and went oh f- well, what's that fucking smell oh, gee, you know, like, <laughs> and somebody would go oh you fucked that up you've left that out well that's moldy throw that out. you know what i mean it's like it's it's how we actually relate and it's like you're saying is there isn't this sort of standard 2.4 kids and the dog and the house and you know we've we live in so many different situations and different styles housing that so i love the fact that you're actually looking at it from terms of people who just started college people who are maybe living on their own people who have just moved out there was something for everything and a lot of guys who need this so badly (laughs) myself included um so how do we know then if we're you know, after we've been reading the book and following your your challenges and that, how do we know we're improving? You know, what's the signs that we look out for that we kind of go, okay, we're getting better at this? Is it just a cleaner well, flat or? It, it, it's partly that, but I think too, people really underestimate how closely linked your mess and your mood are. So there's something kind of depressing about a messy home. You know, if your space is a disaster, you probably don't feel very good about that. Um, you know, and it, and it'll affect you in, in other ways. It'll, it'll make you a little bit more depressed when you're at home. It'll make you not want to spend time in your home. 
Um, it'll make you sort of throw up your hands and say, okay, I'm not even going to bother. It's, it's a shithole. I'm not going to deal with it. And I think part of it, when, when you're, when you've been doing it long enough and you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is my home. I'm comfortable here. I like it. Um, for a lot of people, they know that they're having success when they can have people over. That's a big one. If you can have people over to where you live and you're not panicking and you're not running around at the last minute, you know, shoving things into cabinets and closing their doors. Um, when, when you get to that, that point, <laughs> no, nobody's ever done that. It's totally uncommon. Um, you know, when you, when you get to that point, that's when a lot of people say, Hey, this is, this is working. I've made real progress. You know, six months ago or a year ago, I, I would never would have invited somebody over or, you know, if I found out that my landlord was coming over, you know, the next day, it would have been an absolute panic spiral. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, no, you can come in. It's great. Come on in. Or, you know, you find yourself wanting to spend more time in your home and you find yourself saying, hey, I really like it here. Or, oh, you know what? I think I need new curtains or, hey, a throw. Maybe you need a throw. Who knows? <laughs> you know, when you when you look at it to to start making those improvements, to me, that says, okay, you're at a place where you you like it and you want it to be even better. So there's a lot of different ways you can tell you're on the right path, but I think your mood and how you view and how you interact with your, your home is the biggest indicator that you're having success. You know, if you feel good about where you live, you're doing it right. I love that because I was just thinking just now that kind of like, you, you don't need to keep tidying up so much it's the little things you know you get better you're happier that you're not just going oh, what's the point um <laughs> you you can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel you know you come in and you can just relax rather than think oh here we go again i've got to get up and do the dishes yeah. or like you said i can't bring people in you know when i first moved out i can remember landlord visits panicking thinking oh yeah. what's the worst that we've got to hide before they come you know because it was so messy um but what i mean we've been talking for over an hour and i've still got so many questions i mean i've, I've absolutely <laughs> loved this because your site is amazing but for people who are listening and going okay what is this site can you go into a little bit about it? Why should people buy the book? You know, this is your chance to sell it to everybody listening because you're going to have <laughs> some major fans from this. Well, the the whole concept of Unfuck Your Habitat is basically everyone deserves a nice home. Everyone deserves to love where they live. And even if you think, okay, that doesn't apply to me, I'm going to tell you how it does. You know, I'm going to I'm going to teach you that even if you're not in an ideal living situation, you can still be happy there and you can still enjoy where you live. And even if it seems overwhelming or impossible, you can get there. It's just going to be a little bit at a time. So I really want everyone to get to a place where they have control over their living environment, where they feel comfortable there where they feel happy there and you know there's there's all sorts of of tips and challenges and you know checklists and all sorts of resources that you can use um and you can pick and choose what works for you so it's very flexible it's very adaptable it's it speaks to you where you are and wherever you're starting out um you know i have i have one follower who's been with me since the beginning and she has told me that I can use this story whenever I need to 
and and she started out as an actual diagnosed hoarder and and you know still is that's that's not something that really goes away but a hoarder with a physical disability that made it very difficult uh, for her to keep up with her space and it took a couple of years but she's at a place now where she's developed routines and habits and and ways of of dealing with her home that she can have people over and she really enjoys it. And she'll post pictures of her home, which, you know, three or four years ago was completely unthinkable. You know, if, if, if the thought of taking a picture of your home and putting it online just makes you seize with panic, that can be fixed. You can get to a point where that doesn't make you completely freak out anymore. So, you know, I, I think the reason that I think people should go to the website or get the book or, you know, I do have, I buy the app, there's an app too. Um, any of that is because it, it's, it's all possible. You can actually do this even if you think, well, she's talking to somebody else. You know, that's, that's not for me. She does not, she doesn't mean I can do it. She means somebody whose house is a little bit better than, than mine is, or who has less to do than I do. No, no, I'm talking to you. I mean, you can do it. You can get your house to somewhere that you really enjoy being there. And and it's not impossible and it's not overwhelming and it's completely within your ability and it's completely within your lifestyle to be able to do it. And that's so true because you go onto your site, you go onto the Tumblr, you go on to like all these different things and like the Amazon reviews, for example, and you see people going yeah, I never thought I could do this, but, and then they go into like how they've changed. You look at the photos of people's houses, you know, the before and afters, and you can see the pride they have. And it's amazing to think, you know, you must be so proud of the fact that you're like, you've tapped into so many people's, I don't know, like psyches or way of looking at, you know, you've understood people so well that you can actually get them to change their lives. And it's an amazing thing that you're doing it. You, you know, you should be super proud of what you've done. Um, so for yeah. people who want to follow you, you know, and buy the book and see your latest projects and get in touch with you on Twitter and all these sort of things, how do we keep in touch with you and see where Unfuck Your Habitat's going to go? Well, you can definitely go to the website, which is just unfuckyourhabitat.com. Um, and that has links to everything. It's got links to my Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and the book and the apps and everything. Um, so that's kind of the, the clearinghouse for everything. So if you go there, you can you can get anywhere from there. Um, and I do I try to do different things on each platform. So, um, you know, the Tumblr is very visual. It's a lot of before and after pictures. And that's almost all user generated. So people submit their pictures to me and I just repost them. Um, you know, Twitter has a lot of little challenges, you know, quick things that as you're scrolling through your Twitter timeline, you can, you can get to, um, Facebook to I'll do sort of bigger challenges or share, you know, interesting articles that come up that are, that are relevant. Um, so, you know, whatever you're more comfortable with, there's, there's a way to get to unfuck your habitat from wherever you like to be, uh, on social media or on, on the internet in general. And I mean, your stuff is amazing. And I, you know, I cannot thank you for doing this. I've had so much fun and I would love to have you on again at some point. And the fact that your material can actually be used for your work environment, your, you know, your fiance's environment, it doesn't need to be just your home. There's so mm -hmm. many different places, you know, your place that you maybe go off and volunteer at, you can utilize these skills and potentially change somebody else's life or 
make something better you know and it's this is amazing so i cannot say thank you enough i cannot recommend this book enough because it is brilliant and i'm not just saying that because i've got you on the podcast you know um it's cha- it's helped me and this is why i wanted to start this site was because there's so many things i wanted to learn about and for me to get into the not the cleaning habit but you know just progressing it's right. it's amazing so you've made a major fan from me and i'll i'll put all the show notes out because these guys need to find this book because it'll change their lives well thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity to to come on and and to to preach about all of this to all of your listeners too no worries. well if there's um the floor is open to you if there's anything coming up if there's any you know book signings or interviews or anything that we should be checking out then you know, or even just throw another ad out for the book. If yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like, there, yeah, there's, a, there's always something going on, but, but definitely I just encourage people, you know, get the book. It's available in a whole lot of formats. Um, and actually the, if you're in the UK, the UK cover, I will say is my favorite cover. Um, it's, I really like what they did with that. So, um, you're, if you're in the UK and you're buying my book, just know you're buying my favorite version of it. <laughs> Well, that's brilliant. Well, thank you again so much. You've been an absolute star and I will definitely have to have you on again because it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. I really, uh, this is, this is, I think my, my easiest podcast so far. So I appreciate you making it so easy on me. <laughs> no worries at all. A big thanks to Rachel there. It's the most fun I've ever had talking about cleaning and organizing my habitat. If you've enjoyed this interview, I'd love it if you could take five minutes and leave me either a comment or a quick review on iTunes. I really appreciate you listening, so I'd love to hear where you think your invisible corners are, if you're going to implement the 2010, or if you're going to pick up a copy of Rachel's great book. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.